Welcome to Love Addiction Recovery Over 40. I'm your guide, the coach in your pocket, Lacey Bentley. This show explores how to heal from your love and sex addiction and save your marriage. If you aren't sure where to start or what comes next, this is the place for you. I spent 23 years leading women through addiction recovery, and I can tell you for sure, no one succeeds alone. You've got this, and I've got you. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Lacey here. Today, I wanted to share some insights into what the education process can look like when you're part of a recovery program. If you know you're ready to take the next step toward healing, but you're not quite sure what to expect on the other side of that decision, I want to paint a picture for you what that will look like in my community. The following is actually an excerpt from inside my coaching program from a discussion where we're talking about the differences between facts and stories. You may or may not be familiar with that. So like I said, this is just a glimpse into what you can receive as a client, also what the women in my community experience. If you have specific questions, I want you to reach out to me. Okay, so let's get started. All right. Welcome, ladies. Today, I want to, first of all, delineate between facts and story. Facts, they're discernible by a video camera. Anybody could recognize them. If I wanted to state some facts right now about my environment, the camera right here I'm looking at could verify for you the facts. Got my diva light on over here on whatever setting it's on. I've got an empty mason jar because I'm running out of water because I've been in my office a couple hours. These are facts. It is critical we separate facts from non-facts. Non-facts are our perceptions because our perceptions can be wrong. Our interpretations, because our interpretations can be wrong. Our judgments, because those can be wrong. And all of those things, even our opinions, are part of what we call my story or your story. So let's break down what each of those are. Perception is how I see things, but that perception is more focused on external stimuli and our senses. So my perception of the room I'm in is it's clean, but it's also messy. Someone else would see it and think it is a disaster. Because I've raised four boys, three on the autism spectrum, my definition of disaster is like literally earthquake rubble is a disaster to me. Anything short of earthquake rubble, it's just a mess. So that's about our perception, how we perceive something. Now, inside of our perception are interpretations and judgment. I hired an assistant because I'm losing my mind. My interpretation is she's comfortable. She's fine. She's just waiting for me to get this done. I don't have anything to worry about. Now, I could interpret how she's sitting as she's aggressive and she's like, what is going on? This is so lame. You're wasting my time, but I choose not to go there. (laughs) Right. Someone thinks I'm wasting their time. I expect they'll tell me. And if they don't, I'm just not going to worry about it because it's a story. It's a story I'm telling myself. I'm perceiving what they're doing. I'm perceiving the elbow over here. I'm perceiving just relaxed demeanor, interpreting it as, yep, she's probably relaxed. I could state facts. And then there are judgments. Judgments are usually emotion-based. And true emotions are actually physical sensation-based. So if my heart starts beating fast 
and I start to feel my shoulders tense up, my back tense up. I'm thinking, I'm perceiving this and going, okay, yep, things are tight. I'm clenching my jaw. I interpret that to mean I'm feeling angry or threatened in some way. And therefore, the emotion I'm experiencing is fear. And because I'm experiencing fear, now here comes the story. That must mean something in my environment is dangerous. It's not necessarily true, though, that something in my environment is dangerous. I could simply be misperceiving, misinterpreting, or judging. Also, there's a difference between emotion words and judgment words. We know we're judging when it sounds something like, oh, my office is a mess. That's a judgment because other people's perception might be, well, actually, just your desk is a mess. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, actually, I don't see it as a mess. I see it as I just didn't put anything away to use this week, which is a fact. (laughs) Judgment also, when we are using words like attacked, berated, undermine. And often we judge ourselves and we judge ourselves really harshly. Like, I'm such a loser. Why can't I get this right? I'm never going to figure out recovery. These are judgments. They're not fact because whether or not we figure out recovery now, or we get more serious about recovery in six months or 12 months or six years, which I really hope nobody will wait that long because it's unnecessary suffering. It's still a possibility to get there until we stop trying to progress or improve. Whatever it is we're hoping for is still a possibility and possibilities are way better than goals. So in here, we set short-term goals. Now, let's say you quote unquote fail, which by the way is a judgment. That means you didn't complete it. What does fail mean? Well, it means I wanted to do this thing three days out of the five and I only did it twice. Your perception is you failed. You've interpreted not having done it at least one more time as a failure. And you're now judging yourself. This means something about you. That not only have you failed, but you're a failure. Or not only have you failed, but you suck. And you're never going to be able to recover. It's all judgment. What happened was, fact, you set a goal. Over the next five days, I'm going to write in my journal three times. You only did it twice. The facts are, not only did it twice. The facts are, you did two out of the three you committed to. Okay, great. You wanted to do three. You did not make that goal. Okay, so reset it for the next five days. And then when you hit that goal two or three weeks in a row, add another journaling in or whatever. We always have the potential to improve, to try again. And when we don't, because it's true, some opportunities will pass us by. Sometimes we just don't get into recovery, don't take it seriously, don't take amends or apologies in a relationship seriously, and the opportunity to heal that relationship is gone. That still does not need to mean we're a horrible person. It means the amends are going to need to be made in a different way. This is critical to understand. The emotions you have based on your interpretation, your perception, and your judgment is that the emotion itself is real. If you feel fear, or you feel threatened, that is real. If you feel sad, you feel sad. That's not 
up for interpretation, right? Other people might try to interpret it. Oh, you don't need to feel so bad. Oh, just, it'll be fine. Oh, there's a plan for everything. It'll all work out. Okay, sure. And that might all be true, but right now you feel sad. <laughs> you feel very, very down. The caveat to your emotions are real and your brain believes your emotions are real. So it perceives things a certain way and it just believes it which by the way, believing everything we think and feel is really dangerous. It will lose us friends. But the emotion being real does not mean what we believe about the environment that is bringing up the emotion is true. The emotion's real, a fear. The emotion of hurt is real. The emotion of taken advantage of isn't an emotion. It's a judgment again. But the hurt, the frustration, the anger, those emotions are real. The perception and judgment that we're being taken advantage of is story. Now, that's not to say the story isn't also true because it's very possible someone is taking advantage and that that judgment is accurate and that nine out of 10 people, maybe even 10 out of 10 would agree you were being taken advantage of. Our stories can have true components. What we need to realize, especially in recovery, as a lot of emotions are popping up because we're not numbing, is that the emotion we feel needs to be experienced and validated. And that does not necessarily mean what we believe is the truth. What I do not want you to think I've said here is that your emotions are wrong or they're not true. Your emotions are real. Also, what I don't want you to do is think that just because you think something means it's true or just because you feel something or interpret something or perceive something or judge something does not mean it's true. It also does not mean it's false. This is where we separate facts from story. Thanks for listening. Can I ask you a favor? If this resonated with you, will you leave a review on Apple Podcasts? Your input allows us to reach more people and make a bigger impact. Next, if you're wondering whether or not you're ready for recovery, take the quiz by going to www.herrecoveryroadmap.com forward slash quiz, where you'll find the right next step for you. Until next time, don't forget, you've got this and I've got you.